Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 32 of the Zoomer Sports Radio. And as always, I'm your host, Andrew Moody. And today I'm joined by a special guest. He is currently ranked number seventh in the Cubs system as the number seventh prospect. And please welcome Cole Franklin. What's up, man? How's it going? Good. Thanks for coming on, Cole. Uh, so pretty much, uh, how was uh, this season so far? How was your lack of season? Uh, it was really weird. I mean, you couldn't really do much. I mean, it was pretty much basically all on you. If you got the work done, it was on you. If you didn't, it was on you. So, I mean, I, I kind of like like that because I, I take a lot of pride in getting my in getting my work done and having a good work ethic. So, I think it it, it can really separate a lot of guys from, uh, you know, kind of going to the next level just because of the fact that some people wouldn't do their work. And I know that I was doing mine. So, I mean, it, it's, it, was, it was weird, though. Overall, it was terrible just because of the fact that we didn't get to play. No really adrenaline, no fans. I didn't like it. But overall, I got my work in, so I can't, can't get playing. Yeah, I totally agree with you and not having a season because my, my high school year was canceled. Sophomore season was canceled. And uh, going back to like your high school days, who was your biggest role model growing up? Like overall or like, like pitching? I mean, both overall and on the mound, on and off the field. I would say my biggest role model growing up was probably my dad for sure off the field. Uh, just because, I mean, he's pretty much the one who taught me about baseball, like, I, I got to go places that I wouldn't think I'd get to go because of him. He's an agent. And so I was able to like go in some big league locker rooms and I was, when I was really young and uh, I was really, I was introduced to the game at a really young age. And so I have to say he's definitely my role model, like growing up, but pitching wise, I'd have to say Nolan Ryan probably and just because of the fact I love the way he pitched the bulldog on the mound. That's kind of what I liked about him. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I never got to see him play, but man pitched, literally pitched until his arm blew out because yeah that story where he literally just like got off the mountain and walked back to the dugout and he was done he retired exactly yeah that's that doesn't happen anymore yeah yeah so uh you have a very interesting like uh growing up uh, childhood you had a lot of battles you had to overcome when you were seven you suffered from spinal meningitis at 12 you had to have surgery on both your ankles and then when you were junior in high school, you were diagnosed with hyperthyro or hyperthyroidism. Did I get that correct? Yes, that's correct. And then how have these challenges shaped you as a ball player and as a person uh, today? Um, as a ball player, I think it helps with my mentality of just knowing that, like, you know, baseball is very is very a short part of your life. I mean, like medical that's that's something that will never go away and so kind of being able to defeat those and overcome those kind of shows me that I'm here for a special reason and uh like God put me here to do something special and so that's kind of how I looked at it because I mean if spinal meningitis that there's so many people who lose you know hearing uh eyesight and so I was just thankful to be one of the ones who kind of was able to get over it and so I think that just shaped me kind of have just a different a different mental aspect on life and just to be thankful every day and take every day for like never take a day for granted. Yeah. So I was on YouTube, obviously doing some research for this uh, uh, episode. And I noticed like in an interview, I think it was like with one of your local affiliates down in Tulsa, broken, broken arrow. Uh, you, it felt like a, like a plate was uh, dropped on your chest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of when I, when I figured out I had uh hyperthyroidism, like, uh, like agility stuff, like ladders and stuff. And after I got done, I was like, I was like, like, just, I couldn't breathe. And 
I would, I would, I would start getting sick and I couldn't breathe. And so I was like, I was like panicking and I'd go home every single day and take like a five hour nap every single day. And so finally I went and got my blood drawn and, they, and like a regular, like thyroid levels at a 0.5 and mine was at a 23. And so like, it was, and my doctor said it was like two weeks away from being like, like fatal. That was a close call for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, way, yeah, way, way too close. So, what was it like growing up in Broken Arrow, and how was the recruiting process in high school for you? Because obviously, you ended up signing with the Cubs over, I believe, Oklahoma. Yes, correct. And so, how how was it like growing up in the Broken Arrow, Tulsa area? And I have a friend, a friend's reference here. Chandler Bing calls Tulsa the Paris of Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, I mean, kind of is. But, uh, it's uh, it, it was good. It was really good. I never like uh, went to school. I always had like you know my boys around me. So, uh, but it was really different. So I'm from I'm originally from a place called Spiro, Oklahoma, which is like three thousand people. And I moved to Broken Arrow my eighth grade year for baseball, like strictly because my dad was really good friends with the head coach, and we just wanted to go like play for them. And so it was it was a lot different going from like a super small town where my class was like sixty people. And then uh, in 2018, when I graduated with 1,300, and so it was a, it was a big adjustment. But uh, it was it was I, I would say it's fairly easy. I mean, I kind of just I kind of just kept my head down and did my own thing. And then when it comes to like uh, like the recruiting process, it was pretty slow until about my junior year because my junior year that's when I started growing a lot. That was like I was like sophomore year I was probably like five eight. And like five eight five nine like one thirty or something, and then uh, my junior year summer I went from like five nine to like six two, and started putting on a little bit of weight, but I was still super skinny. And then my junior summer going into my senior year, I went from like six two to like six four, and but I'm still super skinny. And then kind of now I'm just starting to fill out, but I think I'm like six five now. So, so I, I would say the recruiting process was kind of quiet until I started like getting bigger. Yeah, so uh, you're kind of like a uh, bill like Carl Edwards Jr., the former Cub, very tall, uh, skinny, and flamethrower. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hate those a little bit harder than me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually curious. Uh, since there's no, uh, this is kind of a random question. Since there's no football teams in Oklahoma, were you a Cowboy fan growing up? Were you a a, a Chiefs fan? Yeah, big Chiefs fan. Let's go, man. I'm. I'm I also root for the Chiefs. That's big time. Yes, is is Mahomes? Are we gonna win back to back Super Bowls this year? Dude, I think so. I mean, as long as Mahomes didn't play like he played uh, last week, I was like, that might have been the worst game I've ever seen him play. Oh, the against the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, Terrell. I mean, this is a little off topic, but AJ Terrell, he catches that ball. Chiefs lose that game. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, I was like, it was not. It shouldn't have been close at all. Yeah, I mean. See, that's the issue in the NFL. Guys like Aaron Rodgers, well, those issues for defense, not for them. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton, or Peyton Manning back in the day, Patrick Mahomes. If you give them a second chance, they will burn you. Oh, and that's huh. clearly what happened in Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. That's why they're so good. Yeah, that's why guys like Mitch Trubisky are just not good. <laughs> yeah, so also going back to your decision – to choose uh, the MLB route uh, with the Chicago Cubs over Oklahoma, how much of an influence did your dad have in that decision, especially since he was a baseball agent? 
Um, honestly, uh, he kind of left it all to me. He kind of like took himself out of the situation. It was like, whatever you feel is best for your career. He's like, this is your career, not mine. And so he kind of just let me have like the free reins to kind of pick what I felt. And, the, and like, it was, it was really tough because I was really close with the coaches at OU. I kind of known them for a while. One was the White Sox scout before he was a coach at OU. And so I've, I've kind of been around him. He's been around my family. And uh, I really thought the biggest thing for me was knowing that I'm mature enough to go live on my own and start my career. And so, and then another big thing was like three years that I'd be in college would be three years getting kind of acclimated to a minor league, like organizations or organization and all. And so that's kind of, that's kind of how I made my decision, but he, my dad really just took himself out of it and kind of just, it's like, it's up to you. I mean, do you think there's an advantage? Cause a lot of guys, I feel like uh, now in this day are going to university and college to play in the three, four years there instead of going the pro ball route, is there some sort of advantage? And guys are committing really early as soon as sophomore year. I mean, we have a guy at my high school committed to pitch at University of Central Florida. So guys are coming pretty early. Do you think there's an advantage going straight into the pro ball? I mean, like I said, I mean, I the organization and you kind of, you kind of get there at a younger age, they're hands-on when you're younger at 18. And they kind of, they just, like, they just get to know you more when you're younger and kind of mold you into where college dudes, you can go in and you have less time. You're just like your overall like baseball frame is like very short. Yeah, like a guy, I have a good example of like maybe where the college route wasn't such a good thing for him was Brandon Finnegan. I don't know if you know the name. He pitched at TCU. He was in the College World Series. Actually, the only guy to pitch in the College World Series and in the MLB World Series in the same year, he got drafted by the he got drafted by the Reds, I believe. When, no, he got drafted by the he got drafted by the Royals, and he was sent over to the Reds in the Johnny Cueto deal the year later. Right. But he pitched in that deal, and his career kind of has not really bounced off. His peak was in college, basically. So, yeah. would that be a big uh, reason why go go into pro ball and let the pros decide? how you mold you into the player you'll become. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, that's that's like you kind of just get acclimated with everyone. I mean, I feel like, you know, usually the professional programs are better than the college programs. So getting, getting in there with them earlier is, is just better for like injury prevention and just better long-term. Yeah, so when you were, draft, you were drafting the Cubs in the sixth round, uh, you started in Eugene, I believe, the Emeralds. Yes, who have, I just had to say, they have the best hat in minor league baseball with uh, with a Bigfoot on it. I actually have one of them in my room. I don't have it with, down here with me, but I have a hat in the room. I bought it when they were at Cubs convention. Fortunately, that's not – you probably would have – you might have been there this year as a prospect if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's – don't they just bring the 40-man guys up there? That's what I thought. Uh, but, I mean, they maybe now do, but I remember, like, Nico Horner was coming up as a prospect, but, like, back in, like, 2014, they would bring Chris Bryant, Albert Almora, Schwarber, all the young guys, because that was the future. So, yeah. I noticed less and less, but, like, Miguel Amaya was up last year. I don't know if he – he was on the player pool. I don't know if he was on the 40-man. So, it could have been – Yeah, I mean, that could have – yeah, maybe. I, don't, I really have no clue. I don't know. I mean – I have a question for, I mean, do you, do you love that fan interactions, especially that you missed this year? Uh, Cause like some guys, some big guys, I don't know if they really enjoy it. 
But like, what what is your thoughts on those like fan conventions? Just interacting with the fans. I love it. I mean, that's pretty much what you play for. I love like getting to meet new people because I, I I've, I'm I'm always I've always been like a really outgoing. I love and I, I mean I love it. I mean that's what kind of gives me adrenaline to go pitch, and I, I it's kind of what you feed off. That's what I, I that's what I really missed about this year. Is just I hated not having like the fans there. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was pretty tough. It was very weird to watch as a fan. Uh, artificial noise. Yeah. No, no fans in Wrigley Field. I mean, before this year, the only time there had been no fans in the stands was that game in Baltimore versus the White Sox. Still strange to this day. I hate seeing no fans in there. And yeah. are you, are you a big autograph guy when you play? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I, our, the, the biggest thing that kind of reminds me of that, because everywhere I went with my dad, I always like, oh my God, yeah, I, I, I want an autograph from this guy. So I know how it feels to be in that position. Like, and like, so I try to go out and sign every autograph I possibly can for somebody. Cause I know sometimes that'll make their day. It'll make their week. It'll make, just make them happy. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing I like making people do is make them happy. Yeah. I personally, I love getting autographs. It's, I always get to the ballpark early for uh I mean, I'm starting to get into that age where I might be too old for some guys to sign, but I'm still going to try. But uh, I always go early and try to get them to sign. And a lot of guys sign, a lot of guys don't sign. And I assume you, do you sign when you start? Because I notice a lot of guys don't because they, in, in, the, in the moment, in the zone, they're just blocking out everything. So yeah, I assume. So, yeah, the days I start, I don't, I really don't do anything but I, I i mean i barely talk to my teammates on the day i start honestly i'm locked in on, on like you know going out and like doing my job so i don't really i, I don't sign on the days i pitch no i would assume because that's that's like most guys like when i go to cubs games most of the guys i get are like the bullpen guys and some of the chris bryant normally signs like right before the game yeah but obviously that's one of the things i've missed especially you know cubs convention this year is the fan player interaction and yeah. what actually is like really uh prevented that is these uh extended nettings for safety. It's oh, like right yeah. around, is the right around the dugouts is where you would uh sit for autographs and like balls end of the inning. I I mean obviously I understand it for safety, but I, I really do miss that interaction up close. What they they what they bring them past and they brought them out what past like the third base? How is it? It's past the dugout. At some, it's different at every stadium, like White Sox and Nationals, it's all the way to the foul pole. At Wrigley, it's just to the end of the dugout. And like Fenway Park, it's up to like where the field jets out. Yeah. So it's different at every stadium. I actually like how they do it at Coffin Stadium where the Royals play. Yeah. And they have it uh, where at dugout, they have it like it's built like uh, Coffin Stadium. It's like built in curves. So like, as like the further you go down the dugout, the less height than that is. I really like that. You can still throw balls and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like that's what baseball needs is just more fan interaction. Yeah, I think that's what it's missing compared to the NFL and NBA. Like, I don't I don't see guys like Juju Smith and the MLB out there interacting with the fans on TikTok and stuff, out there dancing. Obviously, he gets a lot of hate from the old guys, but I think the closest, like, representation would be Trevor Bauer in the MLB. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he was – because they, they kind of, you know, they, they say what they feel on – media do their own thing yeah I would, yeah for sure and I think that's young people draw to that so I, I really like uh like Trevor Bauer 
Juju, I don't know if I really like him because uh, he can't back up his talk sometimes. Trevor always can because that's why he was the Cy Young winner. Exactly. And then I got a question. Uh, your former your former team, kind of, the Eugene Emeralds, are no longer an affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. And I'm, I, I don't really like this move. It's by the MLB cutting minor league teams. I think that ruins a shot at a bunch of guys' chance at the MLB. Uh, do you have any thoughts on MLB cutting minor league teams and, unfortunately, the Eugene Emeralds just not making the cut for the Cubs? Yeah, I, it really, I, I really, I loved everything about Eugene. I love the staff, the owners, the managers. I, I loved everything about it. So that, that, that does kind of suck a little bit, but just because of the fact that they're, they're such great people and they're not with us anymore. But uh, uh, overall, like kind of cutting teams, I'm kind of 50-50 like either way. Just because of the fact that I feel like there's so many players in minor league baseball and there's like, there's so many like there's like it's there's like I said there's so many people like and it's like it takes forever to grow like to grow into like you know to be a big leader it just it's a it's a long road and I think I feel like shortening teams just kind of shorten that path and I think that would be good but then again it cuts a lot of jobs for a lot of people that's the only thing that I kind of I'm on the fence about and then a lot of these like teams are are in ballparks in small towns and like that sometimes drives their main tourism and economy in like say Clinton, Iowa. You've probably never heard of that. Or you, you, you've probably played there maybe with yeah, South Bend. Midwest League. Yeah. The Clinton Lumberjacks or like the Cedar, I think the Cedar Rapids Colonels are still there, but a lot yeah. of teams like I really, I really miss like those small tucked away ballparks off a highway or something like Tennessee's like that with the Smokies play. Yeah. I just I love the minor league feeling. I, I assume you do. You play in it. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. I like I like because like like you, like we were talking about the, the fans can be so much more into it with the players because like you, you get more interaction. I feel like in the minor leagues where the big leagues there's so many people. There's you know you can't really talk to a lot of people. It's just it just there's too many people there. So I mean that's why I kind of like about minor league saying it's there's a lot of people. But then again, there's not enough to like the there's not enough people to really like you can't go out and like talk to somebody. Yeah, I totally understand that. And then in Eugene, 2019, you you pitched very well. You had a two point uh you had a two point three one ERA, forty nine to fourteen strikeout to uh, walk ratio, thirty nine innings pitched, very good. You uh you had a WHIP of one point one five four. That's very good. Like, what led to your major success in Eugene? Was it yourself? Was it the coaches? Was it your teammates? Or a mix of everyone? Uh, I would say a mix of everyone, but I'd say the biggest thing is kind of – I think I think success is a, is a pretty big mentality. And so I always go into things like I, – I, I, like I said, I always say this, and I have a, I have a different, like, mentality when I'm on the mound than I am off the mound. Like, on the mound, I literally, like – I feel like the batter's trying to take something away from me. They're trying to take my job away from me. So I look at them so much more differently than, you know, you're like hanging out with them after, after the game. And so I would say mentality is just, I think that was one of the biggest things that kind of helped me last year or last season we got the pitch. Just because of the fact that I feel like I just go out there and I'm like, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let this dude take something from me. Yeah, that that's, I totally agree with you. I feel the same way when I pitch at yeah. the high school level, travel ball level, 
I just, I'm just out there competing. I want to win. I, that's just what you got to do. You just got to be a gamer out there on the mound. Absolutely. And then, so we're going to talk about this 2020 spring training. So pretty much I want to know is how, how did it start? Like, did it, it, I, it started like a normal spring training. Pro, I would assume I've, I've never been in that situation. And then all of a sudden they got abruptly canceled and, how and how did you adjust with like your new season, quote unquote, in quarantine? And just how did you con- continue to develop your game? Uh, yeah, so everything started out like a normal spring training. Like we got there, and then it was when uh, I think it was Rudy Gobert. We like, oh, Rudy, yeah, touching all the microphones and stuff. And so the day we found that out, like NHL canceled their season, and then we all get a text from like the Cubs guys and like, don't come to the field tomorrow. Like, we're going to try to see, like, see what the deal is and everything. And then eventually they're like, all right, well, we need y'all to come by in these little pods and get your stuff and go home. And so we go home, and then we have, like, so many Zoom calls during the week kind of just, like, talking about how we still got to get our innings in. But it's just – it's going to be, like, non-competitive. Like, you're throwing bullpens pretty much. And so they give us, like, a player plan. And, like, uh, for me it would be, like – uh, throwing program every single day where we were doing bullpens every five and six days. And so the biggest thing I really worked on was like my curveball and kind of just getting like more e- easier, like more repetitive with it and not, and, and less mechanical. And so that helped me a lot. And so I would say the biggest thing that is what, uh, is that that's what I worked on. And so I, I was kind of, I was kind of happy with the work I put in during the quarantine and I'm really ready to you know, kind of go out and show it. So I believe it, it was on the Cubs. I forget who they were playing, uh, but they, it was like Wednesday, March 11th. I was watching it. You guys were on Marquee Sports. Like, oh, uh, I believe it was March Madness. The NCAA just made the decision. They would not allow fans in the stands of March Madness. And I believe like an hour or two later, they canceled the tournament as a whole. And you guys are playing nine innings. I, believe, I don't remember the team. I want to say maybe the Cleveland Indians, but I'm not 100%. But, like, there's just, like, I just hear a hum around the ballpark right when that happens. I don't know. Were you in the ballpark during that last game, or were you out in the facility and stuff? I was in the facility, yeah. It was, like, because, like, well, we also got to leave a lot before when the big leaguers were playing, so, like, we didn't have to go over there. And so we, like, throw our bullpens, lift while they were playing. And so we, we kind of didn't really stick around. We just, like, got our stuff and got out. Yeah, so they canceled it. You guys were pretty much uh, – I talked to Mark Payton, who plays for the Reds in the big league club, and he said you guys were pretty much locked out of the facility, couldn't go oh, yeah. in after you left. A lot of guys were stuck out in Arizona. Were you stuck out in Arizona like, say, Ian Happ, Nico Horner were, and they started their podcast, or did you were you able to make it back to Oklahoma? I, I, I got to go back. And so, uh, yeah, there was, there was – I didn't have a Yeah, and then I saw you uh, – you built a mound in your backyard. Yeah. Like, you're not necessarily built. You put a mound in there and you had to play. I believe you worked with an, uh, an Oklahoma University catcher. Yeah. Well, I, I was a Princeton University catcher, but uh, oh. there was a guy, his name's Kate Cavalli. He's, he's a Nationals first round first rounder. And uh, me and him were throwing together. And yeah. I, Princeton was the one catching us. Yeah, because I saw in that, that news report, uh, it was a very slim – portion of your yard and you were just able to fit uh, a mound and I was I was very impressed yeah 
Yeah, we had to we had to do some uh, some handy mandy work. Handy mandy, that's a that's a throwback to an old uh. Yeah, handy mandy. Yeah, did you watch the show growing up? No, I watched Bob the Builder. Yeah, that that was that was about uh, what yeah. PBS or Nick? It wasn't Nickelodeon. It was PBS maybe? Yeah, I think it was PBS. And man, what a what a throwback! I wasn't expecting that. I was big Little Bill, Scooby Doo, and uh, Bob. All right, that's a, this is a this is a conversation I thought I'd never have. Uh, talking about cartoons with a pro ball player. <laughs> and, well, I, I watched the Power Rangers. I love the Power Rangers and a lot of WWE wrestling. Well, who is your? Are you a Stone Cold Austin guy? What are you? Raymond. Who? Are you Raymond. Cut? You cut out again. My bad. Oh, Ray Mysterio. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a big uh, Pat McAfee guy. He just joined the NXT. <laughs> I have yeah. I haven't seen that. Yeah, Pat, uh, did, the radio host, former Colts punter. I don't know. I, you know I, I, he, um, yeah, he was a former NFL kicker or punter. He just joined uh, the NXT WWE's like newest brand. But yeah, it was probably Stone Cold Austin with the 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 beard throwing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that dude's an animal. Yeah, WWE, I mean, that, that that looks like it hurts. Dude, it got intense until I realized that it was fake. <laughs> yeah, like, it looks fake, but it still looks like it hurts. Yeah, I mean, dude, they, yeah, they, I don't understand how they do it. And then, so moving back into the baseball and out of cartoons and wrestling, uh, where do you see yourself in 2021? Do you see yourself perhaps – back with South Bend or in double A with the Smokies and what are your goals and what do you want to accomplish in this 2021 season? Um, I don't really know where I see myself yet just because the fact that I have been really like all together with the organization for a while. So, but my goals, I mean, I've always kind of had the goals of uh, like my, I want to be, I want to make the futures game. That's my biggest goal. And then, uh, just kind of get to the point where I can throw, just be more, uh, make smaller misses. Make smaller misses, and I would say make the future games probably my top two. That's, that's a good one. There's a lot of great Cubs that have played in the Futures game. You got Baez, yeah. uh, Bryant, I believe, played in it. Who, who was in it a couple of years ago? Was still, I think Glaber Torres was on, on the Futures game for the Cubs. Yeah, Amaya. Yeah, Miguel. Uh, Advert, I think. Oh, Loza, yeah, he he's looking good. He's looking like he's gonna make the rotation on the club. And I say you're probably your biggest uh rival for or your biggest competitor for that is probably Brennan Davis. <laughs> <laughs> your teammate, yeah. That is like my brother. Yeah, he was actually on a, another podcast uh, with some guys I know. They host the podcast. He was on their show, so I listened to that. You could check them out. Uh, they're super fans of sports. If you want to check him out on uh, his podcast, so I got yeah. another. I got another question for you uh, about the baseball uh, world. So MLB.com has you ranked as the number seventh prospect in the Cubs system, and like they predict that you will debut. You make your major league debut in 2022. Do you do you ever look at the media and what they say about you, or do you just kind of like block that out, like that Aaron Rodgers commercial where he puts on the beats and everything yeah. disappears? Yeah, I mean, I don't really. I don't really look too much into it just because the media says something. 
happen. I, I still got to be about the tour. You know, well, people, you're the one that's still got to get the tour. Yeah. I would, I would 100% agree with you on that one. Just who, who is your biggest uh, – who would you compare yourself to in the MLB today, like in the today's game, like pitching-wise? Uh, so with the Cubs, we have like actual comparisons with people. And my, mine is uh, Chris Paddock with the Padres. And so, I mean, I think that's a pretty that's fair – a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Person has, like, has anyone ever said you look like Zach Plezak of the Cleveland Indians? No. I kind of see it. Okay. The ha- the hair, yeah. He his just bl- blonder. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I actually I will say it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I just our hair's curly. <laughs> yeah, Zach uh, actually uh he's works out the some of the pitching facility I go to, so I've gotten oh. to meet him a couple times. Awesome, yeah. So I just noticed, yeah, you guys have like the same hairstyle, so I was wondering if anyone ever uh <laughs> said you look like Zach, please Zach. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, so moving on. Yeah, so Chris Paddock, definitely a great player. I'd want to be uh, definitely compared to. I mean, he's a young, up-and-coming, rising star with the Padres. who look like they're going to go win the World Series after going to get Blake Snell. And unfortunately, you Darvish, my probably one of my favorite guys on the team. I, I was disappointed in that trade. I just hope they don't trade Contreras. I'm, I'm sure you don't want them to trade Contreras because you want to be throwing to them in the big leagues one day. Yeah. No, there, there's been there's been a lot of – I mean, the Padres have absolutely stacked up. I mean, they're, they're, the money they spent this offseason has been unreal in the past two offseasons. Yeah, A.J. Preller, their GM, is a very, very risky and, like, non-frugal GM. He If he wants something, he will go out and get it. And, like, the weird thing is, like, they had – I mean, they had, what, two, two, three people debut in the in the playoffs? Yeah. Like, they, they were calling dudes up like nothing. Yeah, it was like that, that Browns uh, offensive tackle uh, who just yeah. got called up out of nowhere. Yeah. Which is even funnier because he's actually that tackle because, like, Baker Mayfield said before the game, he introduced himself in the locker room. He's like, hey, my name is, I believe, Blake, and that was that. That was a pretty yeah. funny story. Yeah. What's even funnier is that he's actually from the same hometown my mom is from, which is a town in Illinois, which has about 15,000 people. Wow. Jacksonville, Illinois. It's it's a very, very – that's a very strange coincidence. Yeah, that is weird. That's crazy. And then uh, this will be the last question. I feel like unless you have anything you want to add, uh, what would would be your advice to guys, say, in high school – younger guys who are maybe going to go through the system, like what would you be advice from, or maybe guys just how to deal with this wacky season? Like I was just been told, I just been told the IHSA Illinois high school sports association said they might start baseball games on March 8th in Illinois. And if you know anything about Chicago weather, it's it's about, it's, it's going to be 25 degrees and snowing on opening day. So just what advice do you have for younger, younger pitchers and younger ball players? Uh, my advice has kind of always been the same. It's just, I mean, you can never work hard enough. There's always going to be someone behind you, someone more hungry, and you, you, you have to outwork that person. There's always going to be someone pushing you, pushing you for your spot. And always uh, there's going to be someone trying to take your position everywhere you go. 
but the harder you work, the further you separate yourself from them. And so just work hard. And like I said, don't take a day for granted. Every day is a blessing. Great advice. I'll definitely take it. I also just thought of another question. I thought it's a very good question. So you said you were working a ton on your curveball during this uh, pandemic season. What is your favorite pitch? What is your go-to pitch when you need to get a guy out? Well, I need to get a guy out, change up for sure. Uh, that's my pitch too. That's my go-to pitch when I need to get a guy out, change up. How do you actually, how do you grip yours? Uh, let me see if I got a baseball around here. All right, I did one second. That's pretty- All right. So I hold my change up like two team, and I hold like I kind of it's a circle, but I, I hold it like kind of offset on the seams. Yeah, a lot a lot of guys teach them like that. Though the circle have a uh, your middle and ring finger on the seams. Yeah, that's I don't one kind of kind of differently. Yeah, that, that's 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 very interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna try that one out. Maybe maybe put some more. Yeah. Uh, action on it the actual pictures because are... I, I would say like this is definitely it's definitely the my go-to pitch as that's i love that i love the change up definitely it will hurt your arm less than the curveball oh yeah you don't do it just grip it and throw it <laughs> yeah so I, I would just like to thank you uh for coming on the show today cole uh it was an honor to have you on and I'd like to wish you uh luck uh for the 2021 season and uh Cole where could the viewers and listeners find you on social media at Cole RF on Twitter and Instagram it's A-O-H-L-R-F all right you heard the man go drop him a follow this has been episode 32 of the Zoomer Sports Radio remember you can find us on Instagram TikTok at Zoomer.Sports and as always here on YouTube Spotify and Apple Podcasts once again thank you Cole for coming on the show This has been episode 32. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Mark.